Before descending into the bowels of the ship, we had passed from the deck into a long, narrow apartment, not unlike a gigantic hearse with windows in the sides, having at the upper end a melancholy stove, at which three or four chilly stewards were warming their hands, while on either side, extending down its whole dreary length, was a long, long table, over each of which a rack fixed to the low roof and stuck full of drinking glasses and cruet stands, hinted dismally at rolling seas and heavy weather. I had not at that time seen the ideal presentment of this chamber, which has since gratified me so much, but I observed that one of our friends, who had made the arrangements for our voyage, turned pale on entering, retreated on the friend behind him, smoked his forehead involuntarily and said below his breath, Impossible! It cannot be! Or words to that effect. He recovered himself, however, by a great effort, and after a preparatory cough or two, cried with a ghastly smile which is still before me, looking at the same time round the walls, Aha! The breakfast-room, steward, hmm? We all foresaw what the answer must be. We knew the agony he suffered. He had often spoke of the saloon, had taken in and lived upon the pictorial idea, had usually given us to understand at home that to form a just conception of it, it would be necessary to multiply the size and furniture of an ordinary drawing-room by seven, and then fall short of the reality. When the man in reply avowed the truth, the blunt, remorseless, naked truth, This is a saloon, sir. He actually reeled beneath the blow. In persons who were so soon to part, and interpose between their else daily communication the formidable barrier of many thousand miles of stormy space, and who were, for that reason, anxious to cast no other cloud, not even the passing shadow of a moment's disappointment or discomfiture, upon the short interval of happy companionship that yet remained to them. In persons so situated, the natural transition from these first surprises was obviously into peals of hearty laughter. And I can report that I, for one, being still seated upon the slab, or perch before mentioned, roared outright until the vessel rang again. Thus, in less than two minutes after coming upon it for the first time, we all by common consent agreed that this stateroom was the pleasantest and most facetious and capital contrivance possible, and that to have had it one inch larger would have been quite a disagreeable and deplorable state of things. And with this, and with showing how, by very nearly closing the door, and twining in and out like serpents, and by counting the little washing slab as standing room, we could manage to insinuate four people into it, all at one time, and entreating each other to observe how very airy it was, in dock, and how there was a beautiful porthole which could be kept open all day, weather permitting and how there was quite a large bull's eye just over the looking-glass, which would render shaving a perfectly easy and delightful process.
when the ship didn't roll too much. We arrived at last at the unanimous conclusion that it was rather spacious than otherwise, though I do verily believe that, deducting the two berths, one above the other, than which nothing smaller for sleeping in was ever made except coffins, it was no bigger than one of those hackney cabrioles which have the door behind and shoot their fares out like sacks of coals upon the pavement. Having settled this point to the perfect satisfaction of all parties concerned and unconcerned, we sat round the fire in the ladies' cabin, just to try the effect. It was rather dark, certainly, but somebody said, of course it would be light, at sea, a proposition to which we all assented, echoing, of course, oh, of course.